going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, episode number 256, where tonight we will be discussing a musical about Jonathan Larson, the man who wrote the absolute sensation Rent and Tick, Tick, Boom. And then switching gears a little bit, we were talking about the PG-rated Christmas holiday comedy that will remind people of their childhood in the form of 8-bit Christmas. I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger. I may have killed a man for a Nintendo stillion. And our lovely perma guest, Chris, I am way too young to remember the Nintendo era, Bon. Guys, how are you this week? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Mm. After the fourth intro, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> good. I, uh, I don't I don't agree with your uh, your lead-in for me, though. I absolutely remember the Nintendo era. Well, I, I don't. you're quite a bit younger than us, so I just remember that. I mean, you would have been Super Nintendo. That would have been your well, thing, right? So Super Nintendo is where I spent the majority of my time, yes. But Wait, where year were you born? I'm 88. The year. Yeah, okay. 88. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm 88 years old. Zero so. hour. <laughs> yeah, I have a Discord. I'm 88 years old. Um, no. <laughs> call back from last week. Mm. Old ass Roger Stillion. Mm. But I so like I I played a little bit of Mario of Mario three back in the day. Sure. You know, Mario Brothers three. I remember that being the first game I really played and watched my parents play. And then I had a and then I had a Sega Genesis for Sonic, which was the hardest game in the world. And then Super Nintendo was where the main of my childhood gaming you know lived for a long time all right that's fair let me ask you this guys which console did you prefer um in the in the nintendo super nintendo genesis era i had a genesis as well mm-hmm. i didn't get a super nintendo until far later down the line okay so, okay. I, so you're gonna go I was a genesis guy okay i got you i was a genesis I never, guy. I never owned a genesis until i was in college and i bought one like like vintage to play some of those games although i mean i played games at a friend's house uh, but I just I, I I was always a Super Nintendo kid, Nintendo until PlayStation came along, of course. Yeah, so Super Nintendo is where I was too. I had a Genesis, I had a Super Nintendo. Everyone in my family had a Super Nintendo, so we had like way more games to like trade between each other and stuff like that. So I got a lot more play that way too. And um, I'm gonna start a war right now. Uh, I think Dreamcast is trash. Just putting that out there right now. Well, who, who, what do you mean you're starting a war? That's why would I don't, you do this? I don't disagree with you <laughs> because so many people are like Dreamcast was the best. Console ever, man. It's That's just not. Died. That's why it died in. Yeah, this is not, man. Just yeah. get over it. Your Dreamcast was not that cool. Yeah, I don't think it was. I mean, it, it, it was, was cool, dead. Though. It was dead months after it debuted. It was cool. <laughs> I didn't have. We had one. In, we had one in the house in college. We had a weird, like a weird, like second cousin that had one. His house smelled like oil. It was mm. like you know, like incense and oil and stuff it was really weird ah so you smoked weed huh it's something like that <laughs> no, i got you <laughs> well, yeah, our stoner cousin had a dream cat uh, makes a lot of sense yeah. just remember though thanks sega for a thumbstick controller by the way it's true that's right you so all they had the first, they did it first they so did they with the, the saturn stick? controller yep Good. We'll continue to talk about video games for the next 40 God, minutes. I had a virtual like the, the thing you put your eyeballs oh, dude, into. My, my college roommate had one of those yeah. when we were in high school. God damn, that would fuck your eyes yeah. so bad. So every few years I got to – I would go uh, visit my – Wait, do you still have it? No, no, no. Oh, damn it. Every it's few, like bring it. We'll play it. Every few years. Like, that has to give you eye cancer this point, Yeah, right? I, I'm sure. I, I need it. <laughs> every few years we'd go to uh, visit my, my father um, in Lima, Ohio. And we'd stay with uh, his sister because he didn't live around there either. He'd come in and see family. And um, our cousin, Nicole, had one of, it, one of them. And we like the entire time we're there supposed to be visiting family and our dad we haven't seen in years. <laughs> we're just there playing Virtual Boy 
face is stuck on this. Yeah. No, weird you're going tri- going blind, but not for masturbating. Exactly. Who knew? Right? Who knew? Play like the original Mario Tennis and stuff. Yeah. Um, what was the one you could fly? It was one of the flying games. I remember playing that on my oh, bodies forever. Yeah, yep. And like you legitimately, it wasn't even a joke. You take the little headset thing, you move your face off, oh, yes. and it was like you couldn't see anything. No, it, was it was just like a red black tint every time. <laughs> Damn it, that was Burnt so bad. your retina for days. Yeah, it's like like you know when you accidentally look at a laser pointer. Yep, that's yeah. what I was like. Imagine doing it for three hours. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Oh. Well, Nintendo was way ahead of the curve. Way ahead of the curve, but. That's a different. That's a whole different podcast. But yeah, true, true. I mean, they're all about trying different things. We're gonna start Sometimes this, it works. We're going to start this podcast eventually. Yeah, yeah we are. You got to this out too. Did you watch anything else? Anything else? Did you watch besides what we watched for the show? Uh, in a freak accident, um, compared to this show, I actually had watched Rent last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so then we watched Tick Tick Boom, and I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> hey. Um, so I wanted to bring I wanted to bring that up. That was interesting. I didn't watch anything, but Grace, did you uh, did you watch Arcane yet? I didn't watch any Arcane. I plan uh-huh. on doing it this week. I just uh-huh. time for, I didn't, this has been a very busy week. Mm-hmm. Keep on, keep on telling me that. Time. I sent you another raving review of that movie from one of my personal recommendations to watch it. He loved it too. I mean, I'm sure it's great. I don't have any problem with. I mean, I, did you watch any of those sci-fi movies? Like, we I've watched so many watch? things, Grace. Since I am funny, no, I you're not. Stop. You can't just say so many things. And not say what you watch. <laughs> Didn't I just give you a thumb drive full of things? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really appreciate, by the way. <laughs> I mean, a thumb. I, break the fourth wall, Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they weren't new movies. Yeah, they're all things he owns. Yeah, of course they're they're legal copies of my own films. Come on. That I paid. Tens of dollars for it. <laughs> true, that's true, that's true. All right, gentlemen, before we get in the episode, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. No. I think All right, good. so Roger, we, are you going to leave it ambiguous that, so you may have killed a man for Nintendo, you're not going to leave that ambiguous? Sure. All right. People you die every day. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, this is episode 256 of... For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming, trailers, and movies of the week. Without further ado, let's jump into the box office where West Side Story, as no surprise to anyone, took the number one spot at 10.5 million domestic. With a worldwide of 14.9, not a strong showing for that one. Wait, worldwide of 14.9? $14.9 million. That's it, worldwide. <sighs> 10.5 domestic, 4.4 international. That's not great. Wait, 10.5 domestic won the box office? I guess so, Jesus yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a slow week. And Canto, number two, 9.4 million, bringing a worldwide of 151. My Ghostbusters is, Afterlife. My kid is chomping, chomping at the bit for Encanto to come out on Disney Plus. She's asked me like three times over the last week when it comes out. I it's not, I mean, you're going to see that in like February or March. She, she dug nah, that movie. It won't man. be that long, actually. You know, they dated the Eternals for Disney Plus already. Oh, really? It's going to be it's mid-January. Yeah. So, yeah. No, uh, Encanto's supposed to be um, uh, Christmas Eve, I think. So it's wow. listed as. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Number, number three, Ghostbusters Afterlife, 7.1 million with a worldwide of 164. House of Gucci, 4.1 million domestic, 93 worldwide. God, that's gotta be such a that's gotta be such a loss of money. Eternals, 
Eternals 3.1 million, bringing in 395.3 million. It's got it's got to break the 400 mark. I sure hope so because I mean it doesn't. Well, now we're gonna have stuff coming out like crazy. So I mean, if Eternals last that long, yeah, true, true, it'll, it'll, it'll break it. So they, they gotta go two more weeks at three million. Ah, uh, you think it you think it'll do it? I mean, it'll die on Spider Man. True. Oh yeah, they might not. Yeah, no. It. Spider-Man will kill everything in his path. Yeah, will leave nothing alive. Everything dies. Good. All right. <laughs> this past Friday was December 10th. Brought us National Champions West Side Story. December. 15th. Wait, did you say National Champions was in the top five? You no, it wasn't. No. Nope. <laughs> I know. Oof, indeed. It's also important to note the Netflix movie The Unforgivable with Sandra Bullock also came out this past weekend. Uh, if you want to check that out, that was that's making pretty big splash on Netflix. So check that out too. December 15th, Wednesday is Rumble. That's on Paramount Plus, the kids movie. December 17th, Nightmare Alley, Spider-Man No Way Home. Those are both theatrical. December, 20, December 22nd, which is a Wednesday, The Kingsman, The Matrix Resurrections, Sing 2, The Tender Bar expands. December 24th, the day before Christmas, Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up. Licorice Pizza Goes Wider, Don't Look Up is Netflix. And on Christmas Day, that's going to be a busy week in that Christmas week, American Underdog, A Journal for Jordan. And then December 31st, still slated, is Cyrano, which we may or may not see. I don't know. Seems like a bad idea. Uh, I mean, it's they've never – I mean, I, I don't want to say never, but traditionally you just don't release stuff on that on that week between Christmas and New Year's. Only on the week period, let alone New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's, that's really weird. No one's watching a movie on New Year's Eve. Or at least not, not a big enough audience to justify releasing something new. That's for damn sure. I mean, I would because I'm old. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at what's streaming. I mean, look at him; he's old. He is. All right, this week we're looking at Amazon. Number one, Jingle All the Way by director Brian Levant, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Phil Hartman, Rita Wilson, Jake Lloyd, Jim Belushi. That gem came to us in 1996. The Passion of the Christ by director Mel Gibson, Jim Caviezel, Fun Monica Bellucci. Movie. I yeah. saw that movie in theater with my youth group. What the Passion of Whoa. Christ? No, Jingle All the Way. Yes, oh, it's Passion of the Christ. <laughs> that's real hardcore, honestly. Oh, that man. Really but fucked up. I remember up. piling into a weird panel van with like mm. with like 12 other people. Well, there's two vehicles, but like I'm going driving to some weird theater to see this thing. Hey. It was bad. You still go to church? Is that the direct correlation of why? <laughs> <laughs> did, it, did it frighten the Jesus out of you? Man, I just... I, well, here's the thing. You can say what you want about <clears throat> Passion of the Christ, but that movie made $612 million worldwide. Oh, yeah. It was a big oh, movie. Yeah. And it won all kinds of awards. I, yeah, I, re- so. I remember figuring out in that moment that church wasn't for me. Whenever <laughs> Church wasn't for me. <laughs> when, when everyone in my youth group, including my, my youth group pastors, like were crying in this movie, and I just wasn't. We're like, wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. That's a, I mean, oh, oh, everyone's All sad. right, so... Directed by Mel Gibson, Jim Caviezel, Monica Bellucci, Maya Morgenstern, 2004. And then, of course, I would be foolish if I didn't mention the number one Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, by director Frank Capra, James Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, Henry Travers, 1946. It's also worth noting the black and white version is also available to watch on Amazon. Both those versions are available. Wait, they have the colorized version? Colorized version and black and white version. Both I know we talked about that a little bit last year because uh, it's a wonderful life is one of my one of my few. Listen, I'm not a Christmas guy. 
I'm not a religious guy or anything like that. So Christmas is what it is. Uh, that is one thing me and my wife do every Christmas Eve is watch It's a Wonderful Life just because it's you know what we do. Yeah. I have never seen the colorized version up until last year. I didn't know it existed. So it's still like mystifies me that it's out there. Still seems weird. Yeah, yeah. No, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I didn't. I just don't understand what what I don't see how colorizing that movie. What it gains. Yeah, how could it be better? It just well, doesn't make the any weird sense. part is, and and Amazon is like in one of the certain one of the scroll bars with the holiday movies, it advertises the colored version, not the black and white version. That's what I noticed when I was searching it too. And the and when you search, it's a wonderful life. At least I wonder if they have like it exclusively or something. I don't know. I but when I searched do. it, when I searched the movie, the colored version came up first, and the black and white version was second. So that's that's a weird thing. Is how most people know the black and white version, and only the black and white version. Yep. Well, I mean, maybe they see it. You know, people that want to watch "It's a Wonderful Life," you know, like that, already want to watch this movie know that the black and white one exists, so they're going to watch it anyway. But maybe they're trying to appeal to people who maybe haven't seen this yet because it probably isn't black and white. Well, it's, it's, it's seventy-five years old. I've never seen it. Really. Yeah. It's pretty. It's a pretty strong movie. Yeah. Honestly, it is. I, I've heard. I'm just not an old time movie guy. No, it's alright. It's like, well, I don't. I never. I don't understand the fascination with adults our age now that's still like, I love The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You don't have kids. Wizard of Oz is kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, that whole story behind that movie super fucked oh, up. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, hit your worst another wagon, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean. I don't think it's shitty. It's just. It's a. It's a. Generationally, it's a weird one. Yes. So that's just – I think that's what you meant. Just generationally, it's a weird one. Sure. All right. Let's talk about some trailers. Gentlemen, let's start with <laughs> Book of Love with Sam Claflin. Guys, okay. You, so me, me and Chris had a discussion about Book of Love before we joined the show. We're not completely out on yeah. Book of Love. Yeah. This one seems like it could be fun. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. It it has all the elements of, oh, Grayson, why'd you make us watch this? But, yes, it does. So it does. What's the, what's the one element that's kind of making you on the fence? Is it Sam Claflin? When he's or... super uncomfortable and the woman throws panties at him on the stage <laughs> and he has no idea what's going on. Yeah. All right, fair, the, fair, fair. The overall discomfort of that guy makes, makes me want to see this movie because he seems like he's definitely not in for what's happening. Well, see, I love Sam Claflin and this is beneath him as far as he's a bigger star than this. So hey, turns out he's not. Did you say this is beneath I mean, him. I I, well, I just I don't expect to see him in this. I expect. I mean, he's a big block. At least maybe maybe he's not now. Maybe I don't he's, know who he is. I mean, listen, nobody's above doing a movie for Amazon. It's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can't outprice him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> would you say that? Uh, uh, what's his name? Chris Pratt is above you know an Amazon movie. He's above Sam Claflin. So yeah, so I mean, he he did you know Tomorrow War. <laughs> now we're getting a second one. You 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 know where I stand on the tomorrow and Chris Pratt and tomorrow. <laughs> I don't like Chris Pratt at all. Listen, tomorrow War wasn't complete trash, at least. No, it wasn't, and that's the saving grace for that movie. Is yep. it was okay. So. It was watchable. All right, let's talk. Well, okay, book. Sorry, book of love is he's written a book, and when the book is translated for the Spanish community, um, the the love interest of the movie changed. She wrote. She changed the novel a little, a little bit, and all the women love it. She didn't translate it. <laughs> she rewrote. She rewrote it. it. <laughs> So that's Make the kind it super of, sexy. That's the quirky back and forth there. That's the you know that's the romantic comedy in it is what you want to. That's the that's a tw- that's a stick for that. I'd be far more into if it was R rated. <laughs> Again, for, everything should be R rated. No, right. something should be R rated. Something okay. Let's talk about redeeming love. Could you imagine R rated in Canto? No, it's a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, well, 
the house is just murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Redeeming love. Now this is more like the line. Why yeah. So this go? one, this is the one I looked at Chris and was like, "What in what the Christ? Ah. What in the passion of the Christ is this?" Mm. Well, I've seen it now in a few movies I watched in the theater. The trailer. It's got you know what it reminds me of is a Hallmark movie. It has that that, that look that 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 shine on it. It looks uh, bad soap opera. Is that what you're saying? Well, yes and no. I don't think Hallmark movies quite look that bad, but they don't look great. I mean, like they have a specific look, is what I mean. They don't look like a, they don't look like a Marvel movie. They they don't look like a regular cinema. No, they don't look like large budget production. No, no. they don't. No. I mean, and given the cast of this movie, I understand why. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the cat. Well, there's. Can you name one person in the cast besides? I can. The, no, the, the girl. I can. I can name one. The Nina Dobrev lady because she right, was but, in that awful Vampire Diaries show that I had to watch all the time with my family. <laughs> That's the only reason I know who that is. <laughs> she was I also an entourage. She was also an entourage, wasn't she? She wasn't she? Um, I, wasn't no, she that's Emmanuel Shariki. Okay, okay. I was just I was. That just is like, not the same person. Had? All right, so that is Redeeming Love is one of those movies that if you are into romance novels and into Hallmark stuff, you're definitely going to dig it. But I think that's pretty much the only way you're going to dig this movie, which is fine. It, that that has its, you know, that's an audience, that's its own core audience, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, it's just not for people that don't aren't hardcore hardcore romantics that also love you know, Hallmark, right? You think that's, there's a group of people out there that are hardcore romance movie aficionados? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. Be, right? so I'm, I knew they exist. I'm one of them. I was say Grayson's one of them, right? <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> you know that guy. All right, how about being the Ricardo? See, this one's a little. This one's, I think, gonna be very special. Okay, so this one I'm in for, for the Lucille Ball story. Mm-hmm. Ought to be good. It's about time somebody brought it up to you know now. Um, with Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball, I'm here for it. Okay. Um, so ought to be good. Um, listen, this screams Oscar bait to me. And that's okay. So, my wife will really like this one. So, well, I mean, it, it, I'm it, sure it's, I'll see it. it's in theaters now. December it'll 10th, be on. December tenth yep. went in theaters, and then it'll be on Amazon. It's got to do its got to do its theater run to yep. get Oscar noms, bro. It's, it's in it's in it's on it's on Amazon like early January. So no, there's not a whole lot. Twenty first of, of December. Oh, okay. So okay, I was wrong. Twenty first. So I mean, it's only a week and a half of the theatrical run before you. Oh, uh, well, it's. Yeah, it's got to be a uh, 10-day minimum. That's the rule. So day 11, legitimately, it comes out. To, so, I mean, that, all, all, all that means is Amazon thinks they have a Oscar-nominated worthy movie on, their, on with them, right? I That's mean, what it means. Would you bet against the nomination for Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball? Well, I wouldn't. I think she's the only one that hasn't won an Oscar, that hasn't won an Oscar on that list that shows at the end, too. Hmm. Yeah, with the Javier Bardem's there. There's like, there's like six people listed that, that are Oscar Oscar winners or nominees or something, and her name wasn't on there. I was surprised. But I mean, she's really still like, great, even though every week she oh, tells yeah, yeah. us why. She no, tells I'm, us taking why her. I'm just saying, you know, like, maybe, maybe, maybe she's maybe she's maybe like this, this is like her legitimate shot for it. I'll be honest. I've seen a lot of Nicole Kidman recently because she does all the AMC intros for every AMC movie. Yeah, she, she 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 tells us why we love. Thank you, Nicole Kidman, for telling us why yeah, we love. Because movies. every time I look at my wife, it's like, when the last time you think Nicole Kidman walked into an AMC theater and sat down and watched a movie? <laughs> 
Especially sat down with like the unwashed that, masses and watched a two-hour Spider-Man. And watch a two-hour Spider-Man movie. Uh, she ain't never done that. No, I mean not since. I mean, it's probably been 10, 15 years. Easy, fifteen, twenty, thirty. Not, well, yeah. maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe never. She, maybe she goes. Maybe she puts on the hat and the glasses, a big old big old sweatshirt. And goes and watches movies. You know what? Speaking of uh, Entourage, that's something that um, <laughs> well, no, because that's something that Vince from Entourage, the yeah. show, the, sh- the star of the show there or whatever, that's what he would do all the time. He would go watch his own movies. Okay, yeah. And he would always put his sunglasses on and dress right, up and see? go sit in the back. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, people really do that. Maybe that's the cool kid. Business. Listen, I can't even listen to myself talk on this show. <laughs> I can imagine watching myself on TV. Mom, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we'd save the heavy hitter for last. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. We're, we're, I mean, we're 100% in for this. Yeah. I hope it's, it's Part 1 of 46. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could legitimately make probably 46 movies across yes, the entire Spider-Verse. Make it like, I want it to go, like, Spider-Verse to, like, the entire MC. I want Spider-Man. I want, Mi- I want cartoon Miles Morales to show up in Avengers 6. I mean, they could As a that. cartoon. They could absolutely That's do right. that. That's right. That's all I want. I think everyone's oh, excited. God damn, for it looks so good. I know. Sp- Spider-Man into the in the Spider-Verse. I, I don't 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 bet against that franchise because you will lose. There has still not been a better Marvel movie than that. No, there I mean, I would even take it one step further and say superhero movie in general. That movie's incredible. Yeah, no, that's fair. Oh my god. I mean, what you think I was gonna give the nod to a DC film? That was so mean. It's funny. Oh my it's goodness. Mean spirited. Mean spirited. Wait, do we count Invincible as a, a movie or just a series? No, no, no. We're not counting that at all. No, because Invincible is pretty good. Invincible's good. Invincible's good. It's not great, but it's 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 pretty. It's solid all the way through. That's for damn sure. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about some movies. Oh, hang on. I want to talk about Spider uh, Across Spider one more time, or for just a second. So this is uh, like a weird preview trailer thing. Um, it has Gwen dropping into Miles's room. And, you know, convincing him that he needs to come out even though he's grounded, which is kind of hilarious. And uh, they drop through this portal. They drop into the Spider-Man 2099 world, Mm -hmm. which is if you watched all of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, he's the last person you see. Yep. Just kind of nifty. So uh, the art style completely changes, which is awesome. I love that. Um, So that's really exciting to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it rules. Roger's excited. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) Super pumped! <laughs> I think we're all in for that one. That one was it. It certainly proved its metal in uh, when it came out. What twenty nineteen? No, eighteen. Eighteen. Best Marvel movie though. Yeah. Yes. There's no. There's no con. Like I take it straight up against any other any other one. I don't know if it'd be my favorite one. I have to rewatch it and choose some other one. Hold ones on. What's your favorite? I mean, the only one that's going to give it a shot. The only one that's going to give it a run for its money is um, Cap Two. Winter Soldier, and, and even that's iffy. Cap 2 is a damn near perfect movie, in my opinion, just because it stands alone without having to be a superhero movie. It's an but excellent spy movie. It is. I I really, I, and I know this is going to sound lame, I really liked Infinity War. I really liked it just because... Infinity War is better than Endgame. It is, and I just I love the just the hopelessness feeling of that movie. It just, it's, it, it's perfect for my cold, dead soul. Like, I need that. Fair. Just violent, evil-ass Thanos is perfect the entire time in that. I don't know. No, I, I have to really watch like, like, like my big five and really see what, where, they, where they line up, but it, it, it'd, be, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. It's Spider-Man or Spider-Verse and then Cap 2 from here to the top. I, too, yeah. So. No, and then past that, they, they kind of get jumbled together. Okay. Yeah. It will be always 
until it's de- until it's did, defeated. I wish I didn't have so many things to watch because I'd love to just do that. <laughs> you know what? Make your life better. Just watch Spider Man into the Spider Verse <laughs> over and over. <laughs> All right, and actually, good thing you stopped me before. So I want to. Last week we talked about Ridley Scott really oh. putting his foot in his mouth, saying something really stupid, and then this week I just want to take two minutes. Another big celebrity has said something stupid. Chris, why don't you just take two minutes and tell us what, what this is all about? In the spirit of uh, making Christians angry, because Grayson cut me off during my uh, my little rant about Passion um, of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seth Rogen came out and made a comment about his uh, series on HBO Max. Horribly reviewed show. Horribly reviewed isn't even a fair way to describe it. It is the, at the time of the article was written, the lowest reviewed sh- uh, show on that on that service. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and uh, Seth Rogen, his, his quote is, white supremacists are review bombing his series. I don't think when 11,000 reviews are in that 1.2 stars is your average out of 10 rating that it's all the white supremacists doing it. It's just not a good look. It, and it's, look, it's just, just really he, bad. He definitely shouldn't have – I mean he didn't learn from Ridley Scott and he said something stupid. It's just I can't believe that we it's got just, another it, it, It's another bad look for – you know. I mean in one of the comments on, on when he when he posted that comment on his, on his Twitter is – you know, maybe it's not what you think it is, and maybe it's just not good, and enough people are talking about it. And it, that's a good point. Maybe you're – I know you are passionate about your project. Maybe it just isn't that good. Maybe it just sucks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it just sucks, and that's all there is to it. But I just – I couldn't believe how terribly reviewed that show is. I I, I don't want to put myself through it to watch it and find out why. But man, it's just you know what? Good. Now I'm curious. I might do one or two episodes just because now because I'm cu- you know what? After I'm surprised it's actually still up on Amazon or it's on Amazon on HBO Max. Well, HBO I'm removed su- the HBO removed the ability to comment on it, so that alone <laughs> is, speaks to some volumes. Boy, yeah. famous people really love to step on their own dicks. Don't they? <laughs> That's a good point. Yep. Well, all you got, I mean, all you got to do when you're famous to, to to stay in people's goodwill. There's there's one step to this. Be humble. That's it. Well, that's, all, that's all you got to do. Legitimately, if you make something that's bad, and especially something that's that bad, legitimately, the only comment you need to make is, hey, maybe it's not for everybody. Just learn, <laughs> just learn from it, right? Like, huh. No, that, that's not a thing. Because listen, learning from it is not Hollywood. Like, yeah, you just, right. you just yeah. rehash, reload, go. It. Yeah. But it's the things that, like this, when something is bad, I respect people more than like, hey, it was a paycheck. Yeah. So listen, I've been there. <laughs> you know? Is that movie good? No, wow. not really. Hey, I got paid a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Bought this house. Hey. <laughs> you know? And that, listen, I am completely okay with people saying things. I just did it for the paycheck. Yeah. So listen, you're a fucking actor. Do it for the paycheck. Yeah. It's okay. Not everything Some, has to be great. Sometimes but listen, you can't get all sad and... The world is ending because you made something that's terrible. Christ, if you made something that's the worst thing ever, you need to embrace that. Right? Because like, <laughs> listen, the next project you'd be like, can't be as bad as the last one. Yep. That's a mantra for your life <laughs> from here on out. All right, so Dave, I wonder, I, I wonder if we're going to have, before Christmas, another big, big-time movie celebrity say something really stupid. I, I mean, wonder, yeah. because it happened two time, two weeks in a row, so. Well, what, what's that thing that... Death's coming no, three. Is that where you're going? I'm not, I'm not going to go. Jesus, with this. <laughs> everything happened. Neither one of those people were dead, sir. 
Uh, All right, so segueing into that. (laughs) Shocking development. (laughs) Let's talk about 8-Bit Christmas on HBO Max. Let's get some particulars out of the way. So as always, we're starting with the – no, not always. As a tradition. Rotten Tomatoes 8-Bit Christmas. Pretty high. Tomato meter 79%. Audience score 75%. Neither one of those are really a bad place to be. It's kind of, you know, it's it's better than average, but not quite. That's kind of perfect for a show like this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Okay, so we have Epic Christmas, which takes us back to the 90s, or sorry, 80s. I said 90s. Uh, directed by Michael Douse, Neil Patrick Harris as adult Jake Doyle, Winslow Fegley as Jake Doyle. Then we have June, Diane Raphael, Steve Zahn, Candler Dean, Jacob Laval, and as the rest of the cast. So, all right, Roger, tell us what 8-Bit Christmas is about. 8-Bit Christmas is about the Christmas season of 88 when the Nintendo was really first hitting its stride along with Cabbage Patch Kids and how things were back then and a little plan of these kids to get a hold of their own Nintendo. That's a real short version of it. I do have, they have some quality 80s references in there too, which is nifty. It's pretty nifty. So... But it's, lots of, it, it does lots a good of fun job things. Of, it starts with NPH and his daughter talking about, you know, the, they're, in, they're in a very highly tech world. They, you know, the, he has a new cell phone. You know, she is, she's having to text her friends from his cell phone because he's a good, well, I don't want to, I don't want, because he's, he's a parent that wants his child to not interact with her own cell phone yet. Um, and then when he gets to his house, he says, oh, check, check, check this out. My old Nintendo. And then, he tells the story of what he went through to get the Nintendo when he was that young. And then we, we, we go back to, what is he, eight? Or something no. like that? Ten? Ten, okay. ten year old, ten year old Jake. Uh, ten, ten year old Jake, as he starts to tell the story of the fascination with the kids in his neighborhood and the Nintendo, which I got to admit, this movie, and I, I, after I watched it, I tweeted out something. I, I fell in love with this movie. I don't think this movie is wonderful, but. I think it's clever and it made me laugh in more than one place. So like, I, I just, I, this movie surprised the hell out of me. I will say I did, that. I did laugh a lot more than I had expected to. Cause I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, I watched the trailer for this and I was like, ew, it looked really, really bad. It's way better than that though. So, which is nice, which make it way more fun to talk to or way less fun, depending on my mood. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's, it's, it's definitely eighties. Charm is definitely working in its favor in this one, and it it, it is you know it is rated what PG PG because yeah. it, it's got some Nintendo money behind it. So obviously Nintendo has a they 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 have a you know a certain uh, what, what what should we call this? They have a certain you know persona to up uphold. Nintendo is you know very family friendly. It's you know it's aimed at a younger audience. So I I get that. And Roger, you did pose a good question, which I I, I do. We, want we to had address. a long discussion before the show started about how. If 8-Bit Christmas was an R-rated comedy, would it be a 10 out of 10? <laughs> it'd, probably, it'd, it'd be a better movie, but it wouldn't be marketed to the It wouldn't be that, the same movie. Yeah, they, they, they wanted this to hit. So. Well, but there's, you understand a why it's not. there's a couple of different points in this movie where I think you're asking a very legitimate question of <clears throat> how this movie would have been different. And I think it would have been different, probably more enjoyable for people like us, I think, on this show. At least our yes, demographic yeah. as, as people on the show that talk about movies. I, I'm not. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have been a family-friendly movie, but I mean, it's all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But I mean, even even you guys who are family men, you guys have you know, you guys have families. Did your? How about your kids? Did, did they get into this? Did they kind of resonate with this at, at, at all? 
No, me, me and my wife watched this ourselves. Yep. You know, <laughs> same, same <laughs> yeah, so, so well, I would have enjoyed this more probably if it would have been the R-rated version. <laughs> but I get why it isn't. No, of of course, of course, and it's it's just one of the things I think the charm works for this movie. It and does. So, it's, it, well, like it, like the way this movie is laid out and all the things that happen in this movie, this really isn't my kind of film. I don't like this kind of like family comedy thing. But it was cute, right? It yeah. works. Yeah. It just works. It does. It doesn't have anything overly defining of why it's so good, but it it all the pieces of the puzzle makes a pretty decent movie. Yep. Which my, is respectable at this point. One of my favorite yeah. characters, and I will argue somewhat made the movie for me, and you you guys might have your own opinion on this, uh Farmer. The kid okay, I, was saying, I was saying Keen, the weird karate taekwondo person. <laughs> <laughs> the rich kid. Yeah. Yeah. But after he fade like after that happened, he was done. He was gone. Like he didn't come back in the movie at all. Yeah, Not really. Was which is fine. First, he was only in the first third of the movie and then he was just gone. Well, he served his purpose. He did. So here's the thing with Keen is all the neighborhood kids who haven't had who haven't had um don't have Nintendo and haven't got one yet. They all gathered his house at his at, at, at every the, Saturday at, morning at ten a.m. Every yep. Saturday morning, and he picks ten people to come in and enjoy Nintendo with him. Only ten, even the even the high school coach. Goes <laughs> yeah. Cash, it's untraceable. <laughs> so that was pretty funny too. I did, I did like his line in the movie where he's like, he's like, "You guys want pop tarts?" Everyone says, "Yeah." Hey, mom, I need a, I need some pop tarts. How, How many? many? One. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs at him like a maniac. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always wanted to see the scene where, like, like she gets the one putter, he just throws it to the center of the room, just lets him fight. For it. <laughs> yeah. That that been in the R-rated version. They yeah. really, they really did have the coolest basement, though. The pool yeah. table. Yeah. You know, got a bar in the corner. I, I'd like, I'd like that basement now. Dude, I mean? would still have with a Nintendo still sitting there. Exactly. On our yep. CRT TV. Yep. Oh yeah. So listen, that CRT TV plays a vital role in you know. Smashing an animal, which listen, <laughs> wow, it would have because those things were heavy as hell. Oh my gosh, those things were. Oh my, my parents, legitimately, before they had a flat screen TV, the last TV they had, they had a Sony Trinitron 42 inch television. Trinitron. That's that's what they were called because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were like the the boxy flat things. That thing weighed 300 pounds. Not not a joke. Yeah, it no. actually weighed <laughs> 300 pounds. What did you guys have it sitting on? Like, it was on like a giant, um, I guess they're called... Oak tree trunk? No, I guess they're called uh, what buffet drawer, buffet dresser things. Mm, yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, just this big massive dresser thing that was in our living room. Yeah. I remember taking it out with my dad. I was just like, I don't know about this. <laughs> we just break it. <laughs> just, yeah. Ever, so at one point, this gets like karate kicked off a stand, yep. and it falls on a small dog. And I, I remember watching this one, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> well, I, I, I love, I love how as soon as that happens, it cuts to NPH and his and his now daughter sitting in front yeah. of. Him. She's like, she's like, "You killed the dog," and he's like, "No, no, no, the dog's fine. The yeah. dog is fine." Well, so just a side story, real quick. Have you guys ever um? Have you ever really destroyed any of those old, old like CRT TVs? Yes, yeah. they they will take bullets. They well, they'll take bullets, <laughs> and when you finally get through and you hit the inside, you hit like the old like sound box in there. Mm-hmm. Explosions will actually mm-hmm. happen. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, they will. They will legitimately take twenty two caliber rounds and just be like, ah. <laughs> 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 "That's the best you got, child." <laughs> Mortal. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> nope. 
No. Well, so one of the things that happens early on in this movie is um he keeps on changing minor details to make it things, sound better, and things keep on like changing like as you're watching. I like that small little trope, and they don't really do that after like the first like fourth of the movie. And I was kind of sad about that. I kind of like the whole like you know, yeah, this is better. No, this is better. Yeah, of course I wore a helmet, that kind of thing. I like that. Yeah. And I was kind of sad when I didn't continue it. So well, no but it's, wore, no one wore a helmet. In the 80s. They, well, that's the thing too, because listen, it's 1988. If you were riding down the street. First off, that street ain't plowed. Secondly, you damn sure ain't wearing a helmet. Oh, yeah. And if you did, you're going to go, ah, we're just like, in a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Dork. Yeah. You're going to put that on for Yeah, you? they would have been throwing ice balls at me as I rode <laughs> on my bike with a helmet. You're going to look over take you from this. Yeah, that's exactly how it would have And then other expletives would have been yelled oh, at yeah. me. That I can't repeat <laughs> in 2021. You remember your first bike? Yeah. Mine got stolen. Your first bike got <laughs> God damn. Yeah, look at the apartment complex. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Was that the Cleveland Times? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. That's about right. Um, so that's one, one thing, since you touched on it, one thing I'm happy they did in this movie is, because I mean, like the 80s and like the hazing at school was pretty horrendous. And I'm, I'm oh, glad yeah. they didn't shy away from it, given the climate of today. But I, I'm still, I mean, they, they still kept it, you know, PG rated, but it was still enough to get like, wow. I mean, at school, you took your licks and you and you gave your licks back. I mean, there was no like running to a teacher about it. There was no like, you know, there's none of that. So I'm glad. I mean, even when he had to wear the purple boots, I'm so glad that they didn't that they still had to get made fun of for wearing. Purple I love boots. that he stops from saying anything like too wild. He's like, it was a different time then. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you wore purple boots. Yeah, they had flowers on them. He's like, yeah. He's like, the '80s were different. Yep. He's like, it was just different then. Yeah, that's one thing I really enjoyed. You um, have Katie's boots on. <laughs> They're my boots. <laughs> <laughs> and I love find out. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. And then we we get to one of the pivotal characters, Josh Jagorski. <laughs> he's how, how old is this guy in in twenty five? Yeah, he's like twenty five, still in middle school or <laughs> whatever school they're in. What he's, grade do you think they're in? Sixth, fifth, sixth grade? Yes, yeah, yeah, fifth, fifth, fifth grade, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, if he's like ten, eleven years old, he's in fifth grade. Yeah. So the, and then so the, I love how they introduced this kid as he was so NPH would talk about for 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 reasons unknown to us at the time we would all gather at this snow pile behind the school during winter and then we we would play King of the Mountain only to get thrown off the, by this big Neanderthal kid yeah they they show all these kids like scurrying up this dirty snow yeah. pile and at the top of the hill is a man clearly in his late twenties. <laughs> Throwing children into the abyss of the top. Just roaring at them? Yes. Yeah. No, it was good. I legitimately paused the movie I was watching and I told my wife, I was like, I'm down for any movie where an adult throws children, just throws them around like rag dolls. Yep. I am here for this. It was great. That's just one of my first times I laughed. Uh, maybe it was the, with the deck. No, that was the. F- after the when he throw when he slow motion just pushes that kid's face down in the snow, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Eat it, eat it, eat the snow. Oh. That's great. And he, yeah, he, he did that move where where he takes the just the handful of snow, shoves it. Oh, and he just rubs it. Yeah, that's the worst. The, fa- the snow oh. face wash, terrible. It's so bad. So mm-hmm. one of the one of the characters I love was Farmer, mm-hmm. and one of the earliest the moments, pathological liar. Yeah, well, here's the thing: one of the earliest moment I remember laughing in this movie and hysterically was when when they're in Keen's basement. And Farmer's like looking at the pool table, looking at the wall, and Keen's like, don't touch anything. And Farmer just like 
puts his hand on the wall like that. that Sean Holden just puts his hand on the wall. And far, when the, when they're standing in line to get into Keen's house, Farmer's like, "Yeah, I got I got several in the Nintendo's waiting at my house already." And they're like, "No, you don't." It's just the lies this kid tells. He's like, "Why are you here then?" About about having a jetpack. About, yeah. about just, no, that's what he's, Farmer says. He got one for Christmas. He also says he got a jetpack. So. <laughs> Wait, who do who do? Oh, yeah. He's farmer's like, oh, sorry, I'm late. I just got off the phone with Tom Cruise or something. Yeah. <laughs> From what, Days of Thunder or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has a serious need for speed, that Tom. Yeah, yeah, that's just... That, there were funny little lies that, I mean, were meant to be outlandish and stupid. Something a 10-year-old in 1988 would say. <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's... I mean, the, 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 the farmer character with the Jagorski... It's just there are so many things when combined together makes this work. And one thing I'm disappointed in is in the beginning, in the first opening minutes of the movie, when NPH slips on that that one patch of ice. Oh, Christ. You know how he would have sued that place for? Well, today, yes. But they go back to that location several times, at least three different times in the movie after that. So four times total, maybe five. I'm a little disappointed that one per like, only – well, he wipes out then, he wipes out as a kid, and then his dad wipes out. And there's still two more times when they go over that same patch of ground and no one else wipes. I was I was a little disappointed that other people didn't wipe. Every time we went back there, someone didn't wipe out. I was a little dis- disappointed in that, to be honest. I know that's a weird gripe, but like why do it sure. or, why do it three out of five times, not just five out of five? You know, it just that's one I the thing I was a little dis- disappointed in. But you wanna talk about the parents for a minute? Oh yeah, that's my next um yeah, Steve Zahn and June, Diane, Raphael as mom as the you know mom and dad. Mom and dad. dad. I think dad's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's been working on his house for ten years. I know that dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I also love mom. I love mom, the school teacher, who is just like she's like, don't get your hopes up for a snow day. Yeah, and then she's like, immediately when there's no snow, she's like, God, he starts throwing. <laughs> I, I knew it. <laughs> starts throwing. Listen, as the husband of a school teacher. That's how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, how no, it goes. She's, she's she's mad because like, like I told you not to get your hopes up. I told you. Yeah, because we all we're all. She's like crying to herself. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. So the the school hotline. This is back before they were like you had to use area codes for everything. But two four three oh three two five was the school cancellation hotline for like snow days, and we got quite a few in, in Ohio County. I don't know how many of you guys got Roger in Ohio, but we had a decent amount. Yeah, we had we had quite a few, but I, I, I liked how they never had a school day. And just once on the topic. When he's, did you guys get Wonder Years vibes from the kind of narration style of, of this? No, or was it just really. generic? Just generic. Oh, just generic, generic over the over. This this seems like a family Christmas movie. That's fair. So style, if yeah. we're talking about the if we're talking about the parents, Steve Zahn, he's been around a while. He's he's actually really funny when he wants to be. He's actually sure. kind of funny in this when he, he just has like this weird, I don't know what to call it, real kind of obnoxious but intense kind of comedy way of doing things. And it could be really funny at times. The movie didn't, I don't think, used him well or used his talents well in this, which is kind of weird. Why else would you cast Steve Zahn then? Listen, Steve Zahn's a guy that will absolutely make a movie just for a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I respect him for that. Well, so like, I mean, I, I think I think he fulfills his role in this movie, you know, perfectly. You know, I think it's fine. You know, he, he's the character he needs to be. He's he's not the he's not the star by any means of this at any point, but like he's not impactful for a long time, and then things kind of absolutely shift. impactful. 
and then he becomes then he becomes important and then at the end of this it, it he has i think the biggest you know like part of the movie you know what happens at the end of this sure you know so i think he does i think they got the right well he is he is the quintessential 80s dad too is like don't play video games or go 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 play outside you know he's dad yeah yeah 80s my dad's still 90s 2000s 2010s yeah 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 um the whole you gonna leave this house today? Probably not. <laughs> God damn it, boy! It's three o'clock. Get up! <laughs> I am up. Get out there! Get that dog. I used to laugh thinking about things like that. Just interactions you had with your parents as you were growing up. At times when I was home from college, and I would be getting home when my dad would be leaving for, for work. work. Dude, like for a month straight, I would get home at like seven in the morning. I would be coming in. I did that in high school. Where I'd, oh, I'd come, I got to catch the bus at six 30. I'd walk in at six 25. <laughs> they're all, they're just having coffee. It's like, God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I never did that in high school, but that's hard. I tried one time to do the whole, do the whole, you know, I was already outside once, but I forgot my backpack. <laughs> I just said, said, don't lie to me. That was, that was the only thing was said. I'm not, never mentioned it again. I'm not stupid boy. <laughs> <laughs> Think they have been down there in my room looking for me already? All right, noted. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Now, see, that's just that's, but that's the kind of dad he was, though. And you know, like, he's crazy with the retainer, and you know, the whole chase through the mall. Like it just it worked. Like that. Just, he, it, he it said, I could make I could make that retainer myself. I was like, <laughs> oh god! I was hoping it would happen once. Like a little week. wooden wire retainer. I wanted it. I wanted our. I wanted the main kid to be followed to walk into his room and there just be a a homemade retainer on like his nightstand. It says, here you go from dad. Like, mm-mm. it just has nails sticking out of the ground. You know what I appreciated so, so much? Is when he's sitting there pouring his beer out of a beer bottle into a plastic ice hockey. <laughs> like, a Chicago Blackhawks, like, 1984 plastic cup. Saying, you know, last time I drank out of this cup, or the first time I ever did this, they won the cup. Yeah. And he's just going off about how it's the greatest thing ever. As... He's doing like the most terrible thing, pouring his beer directly into oh, a yeah. plastic cup. <laughs> and his wife is just mortified. She's like, you know that cup is disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Oh. So, I mean, it works. It, does, it felt yeah. like the 80s. It of course, yeah. though, back in the 80s and early 90s, everywhere gave out those weird plastic cups yep. for things oh, all yeah. the time. Stained the first time you used them, they were never clean. Never clean. Nope. They always smell weird. My grandfather had a coffee cup. That he always drank out was just just disgusting. Yeah, it no longer had those. ceramic inside it was, of it. It was tan on the outside and just stained brown on the inside. It's because it wasn't didn't start out tan. It just seeped through. <laughs> see through. It used to be white. I mean, yeah, but that's. But it does a good job of capturing the times. It does. It, really it, it doesn't feel forced. It really doesn't. No, nope. it doesn't. I mean, the the whole thing with the father. I think the movie loses something in the ending when they could have done something more with him because I don't think the in the original draft. The father was missing from the table at the end. I don't think. I think that was a changed end. It seems to me like it was yeah, a changed maybe. ending. I don't know. The, um, the cup set up. You would have to have multiple scenes to set up that ending scene that they would have, you know, added later on. You know what I mean? Well, I kept Is expecting it? when when he wasn't there, and then we, we, you know, we had that long shot of the camera track in on the his empty plate, his hockey cup still there, and then like. Someone says something about tools, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I got him in the shed." And then he enters. Like, I kept expecting him to come into the picture at some time, but I just 
to me, the ending was different than they originally filmed. But I mean, I don't know if I was loaning in those vibes. Maybe I was alone. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. All right. So let's spend a minute here and let's actually dig into this movie instead of just laughing about terrible 80s references. Yeah. So the real crux of this story is at some point, they're not allowed to go to Keen's house anymore because of a violent act that caused the dog getting hurt. Um, so they get this idea that they need to, what he goes on, they have a contest to sell wreaths. And whoever can sell the most wreaths is going to win a Nintendo. Turns out our hero wins the wreath contest. And the night before, they changed the prize from a Nintendo to a World Book Encyclopedia. Which, Jesus Christ, that would have been the most sad thing ever in the history <laughs> you know of a child. You know that's a, that's, a, that's a first prize they gave out back then. You oh, no, I get it. Listen, oh, man. In my school, we did, like, in the 80s and early 90s, we did those magazine sales things yep. where, like, if you sold so many, you got, like, a pen, and if you open up the pen, there might be money rolled up in yeah. there. That's how that shit went back then. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You, you guys didn't sell, like, Sarah's Candy? That wasn't a oh, thing. We did Sarah's Candy. Yeah, Sarah's yeah. Candy. We always did Sarah's Candy for Easter, I think. And, yeah. Oh, it, it, it may have been. But I, I remember for several years, the, the, the prize for whoever sells the most Sarah's was a Nintendo 64. So yeah. it was several years later, but I mean, it was still the same kind of racket. Yeah, you sell thousands and thousands of dollars of candy, and one person yeah. got a two hundred dollars gaming system. Yeah, that, no, that, of course, right. that probably was wasn't even two hundred dollars then. No, yeah, <laughs> one ninety nine, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so though, that, I mean, everyone can. I, I mean, told one point five million dollars in chocolate. <laughs> I got a two hundred. <laughs> what the one? So they all come up with a plan to get the money. Or, or what Jake says is his. Here's a simple 15 step plan. <laughs> that was yeah. really funny. Um, to get their own Nintendo, and they 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 end up they finally end up getting it, and then Jake slips on that through a, a series of events. He slips on a patch of ice, and it gets run over by a bus. <laughs> so, I, so I audibly gasped when that happened. Me and my wife oh, both. We did. all did. We were, we were invested at that point for them to get this damn Nintendo because they almost have it like three or four times in this mm-hmm. movie. And, they keep on getting, you know, sidetracked or it doesn't happen. But like when when he threw it into the street and it landed in the road, we absolutely both were like, oh, no. And yeah, one hundred percent ran over. And it's just it's so satisfying when it I mean, you're just like, oh like you feel his pain and you're just yep. oh man, it sucks. So before we move past that, I want to talk about how they get the idea to make the most amount of money. They decide that they're going to sell baseball cards, yeah. um, which was, listen, baseball cards at that time were huge. Oh, yeah. Like the mid-80s to the mid-90s. Yeah. I started thousands of them, yeah. which I really need to start unloading. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they find this rare, really, well, it was really rare at the time, not so much anymore. Um, the only reason I know this is because I have this baseball card. Okay. okay? Um, they find this baseball card of a guy who used to play for the Orioles back in the day. His name was Billy Ripken, okay? His brother, Cal Ripken, super famous, mm-hmm. one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Somebody on bat day or picture day took Billy's bat. You know what it says on the bat? Because they don't show you because no. it's PG. Yeah. It says fuck face <laughs> on the bottom of his bat handle. And it got mass produced. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's what they actually bleep it out in the show. They digitize it out, which is holy. Cause like, that was one of those like quintessential 80s things. Like, Oh my God, this is an error card. It's worth so much more yeah. money. And it legitimately was worth a lot more money than the actual Billy Ripken card. Yep. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Cause like, I know that story. Yeah. And like they, they did that pretty well yep. here. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Great. So you remember those, remember those old magazines that you try to get prices for your magic cards? Yeah. In, in quest, the old Beckett. Yeah. Yeah. It was Beckett for sports cards. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what it was for 
dork magic cards. My <laughs> total manly sports card trading book. Fair, fair. It was, I think it was Inquest that it for magic. Yeah, that's what it was. It was Inquest. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you knew the name. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He, he was holding back on the name. How do you well, think I had thousands and thousands of magic cards? I just sell some of them that I that I just bought. I had to unload some to get others. Did, so yeah. we, we also have talk about the the Cabbage Patch Kids, which okay, was sure. a huge issue in in the eighties. So I brought this up beforehand. Um, I remember the time frame of all this stuff happening. Uh, the Cabbage Patch thing was bigger than a Nintendo at the time. Yeah. Like it absolutely was. Um, you notice they don't really have trouble getting the Nintendo. Like they have multiple opportunities to get a hold of it. True. Um, Cabbage Patch dolls, however, they do not have the best run at it. So um, they end which up getting. Which leads us to my favorite character, Little Sister. No, David Cross. There it is. <laughs> I actually like Little Sister too. I did. It's just way smarter than he is. Yeah. The weird if dude. She knows selling, it. The weird dude selling Cabbage Patch kids under the bridge at at, at late night. He's yep. got ten Cabbage Patch Kids and Nintendos in the back of this like, yeah, like seventy five Cadillac. Yeah. That's the size of I don't know a yacht. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, that thing was a boat. But yeah, no, he's like you know, I'll give you a hundred. Yeah, I want a hundred for it. I'll give you sixty. <laughs> like, oh, and they stare at each other and he's like seventy. That's it. <laughs> this doll probably costs twenty dollars. Well, well, I mean, that's how that was though. That's how it was. But now yeah. you just buy it off eBay. I mean, I was a part of the the the. Super Nintendo and NES Classic, which just that alone was. Oh right, yeah, that, that was a big. That was a dollars. Yeah, hundred. That was a big deal, massive yeah, we'll deal. Talk about graphics cards for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, so that's a tale as old as time. That's really the. That's really the first one. But I mean, the kid goes to bat for his little sister, though, True. to make sure the parents know which one that she really wanted and whatever. But she doesn't get, but she doesn't. No, she doesn't get exactly what she wants, but. It, pretty close and listen that's important yeah even have the also, uh, the birth I certificate love, i also love how much smarter than him she was oh, yes yeah. very yeah. much so like brilliant it's good comedy yeah i love when he's like that guy might have died he's still signing his name <laughs> so yeah i don't know it's just it's, I, overall this movie's okay yeah like it yeah. really is it's not i really did like the ending though with uh with a spoiler when he, you know, he thinks he might still be getting Nintendo when he goes out back and, it's and there's this big giant treehouse. Listen, I love Nintendo. That treehouse rules. Oh, right? That yeah. thing is dope. It's got trapdoors, right? Yep. Dude, it's got power. Yeah. It's a powered treehouse. Listen, there'd be porno mags. You smoking weed up there? Oh my god, booze! Yeah, beers, yeah, beer cans everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, just, uh, what is this hey, debauchery? Listen, there'd be pellet guns and crossbows and shit up there. <laughs> That would have been a house of porn- pornography, <laughs> which you've never seen. The debauchery house. Well, yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't they have one of those in Step Brothers where they, he had all his... Pretty much, yeah. 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 His, vintage por- his vintage Playboys in the treehouse. It's exactly what it would have been. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 100%. But that was pretty... I mean, that really drove home the whole... Get away oh, yeah. From the no, the, and, the end of this movie was... I thought, I thought it was wonderful. It was nice. No, I liked it. It was the, it was the best part of the movie. Like The last 15 minutes of this movie... I think it's the best part of this movie. And I don't know why I like it so much, but it maybe says I'm just not as into the whole family comedy part of, of this of this whole journey. I like the ending of this movie. It, it got me. It's a good story. It is. It is. One of the things I super appreciated was after he won the encyclopedias, <laughs> every every time someone was failing to come up with a word, he would just say this massive word. He'd be like, what? Encyclopedia. 
Like, yeah. like you know, <laughs> yeah. reading the encyclopedias. But it happened I mean, a few well, times. Well, it's, it's not like you would have, you know, got on the internet to find out. <laughs> right. I thought that was very clever. I thought that was, you know, I, I appreciate the clever detail in this movie to the 80s and to the, you know, when you're when you're that young and don't really have anything to do, you just, you know, I, I appreciated it. That was part of the reason I love the movie so much. But um, so we should probably move to score this bad boy here very shortly. Sure. I'll go yeah. first. All right. As the oldest person here. <laughs> that resonates the most with me. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I legitimately remember some of these times with these like shortages and like people freaking out about Cabbage Patch dolls and the video games and violence and all that stuff, which Christ still kind of goes yep. on, which is really weird for 2021. Um, but I mean, it, it really does work. Like, it's a very, I don't want to say great, it's not great. But it's above average, probably. Okay. This is a good movie if you want a good movie for to watch with your family. Yeah. This is a good movie for Christmas that's newer, different, and will resonate pretty good with a lot of people. So I think this movie's like a seven. Okay. Um, it's a little bit above average. It's not great. It's got problems. Um, but I definitely laughed out loud a couple of times, which I expected to not do that at all. So that was really nice. And the ending, I think, is really, really good. It works really well. So... Seven is where I'll stand. All okay. right, I'll, I'll go. I mean, being the next oldest, oh, for many of the many of the reasons that Roger said, I will. I will also say, um, I love this movie. Six and a half, I think, is where it sits. I, I just I decided against six and a half and a seven, but I mean, I don't think it's that great of a movie. But I appreciate so much what it does, and I love one thing I do love is those of us who are old enough to remember this because kids born after like ninety five, you just you just don't have you you just don't have any experience that relates to this of you know pre-internet wanting something so bad you stared at it in a, in, in, a, in a magazine for for months and months and you hoped to god that your parents got it for you at christmas because you had no other way of getting it and you know going over to a friend's house to play the new console or the new video game they can't like that's a that's a lot of my childhood so i really kind of got lost in this movie and I, I love this movie unfortunately I, I don't i don't think it's a very good movie but damn it if it's not fun and charming as anything we've watched this year. I really do think that. So six, six and a half, six and a half. Would you, do you guys think I'm way off base by saying anyone born after 95 really doesn't have, you know, pre-internet experience? Mm. No, no, no. I was just thinking like, unless you were like around then to remember that you really don't know what that's like. You know, well, yeah, not being able to just hop on eBay and buy one if you want one and not be, not be able to just hop on the web and just, buy whatever you want and have it shipped to you in two days or less you know that's yeah but at the same weird... time there's still things nowadays where you can't do that with you know what i mean so you get yeah no i i get that i i you know i totally get that yeah um yeah but i mean that's for for me it was six and a half okay all right so i'm gonna so this movie to me this movie was charming i think that that's a good way to describe it and you know i didn't i enjoyed watching this movie wasn't it's not my kind of my my kind of movie Chuckled at a few points. I gasped at others. You know, I got. I became invested in this movie for the story. It grew on you, man. It did. As it went, I, I was more and more into it. Um, for me, I'm, I'm going to come in the lowest at a six. But this is this is a fine movie. You know, if you want, like I think Roger said it, if you just want a Christmas movie that that is a newer one, a newer version of the family Christmas movie, this is fine for that. Turn it on. You know, people of all ages can appreciate it for different ways. I think the the telling the story to your daughter element can pull in a younger crowd. You know, because I could see myself, you know, like, you know, like answering these questions to my to my daughter who's seven. You know what I mean? Sure. So this movie does have a good family element to it. 
the last 15 minutes of this movie really does hit home, and it's it's a fine movie. This is a six. I like this movie. Cool. Yeah, I would. That's that's a good. That's a good. Okay, glad. I'm I'm glad that we weren't like three and a seven. Like I'm, I was worried yeah, that yeah. the death rate was much much lower. But I mean, my enthusiasm tends to get away with me sometimes. But I try not to let it. So the, right. uh, the the last thing I want to ask you guys in relation to this movie. Yeah. Is, do you guys remember going to places where they'd have like electronics displays where you could play? Oh, yeah, like, of course. Yes, Nintendos of course. and Super Nintendos and Genesis and shit, Playstations yep. and all that stuff. God, I remember doing that. Like, I would just break off of it. I'm going to the electronics section yes. and I'd be there for like an hour. <laughs> I, worked in a annoying. Store. I worked in a store in, in, in 2017 where people still did that. Just drop their kids off? Yeah. And the kids would just play, play the Xbox display, Xbox 360 for an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah I, I remember do that. doing that so yeah. much. I'd go to the arcade, spend all my money for the arcade. And then, yeah, yeah sure. And then go find an electronic section <laughs> to go hang out, you know. Exactly. Two hours later, my mom's pissed. Trigger me the arcade. I ran money two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I saw. Oh, and, and yeah. roller and, <laughs> and roller rinks. No one kids they don't know what oh, a roller rink. Oh god. So I actually I, I laughed at that for a minute too. Somebody... Because listen, roller rinks were really big in this area for sure. Yes. Like Every birthday mm-hmm. from like, I don't know what, 9 to 12, 13, you know, for like my age demographic, everything was at a rolling rink, roller rink or the indoor swimming pool. Yep. Like, that's it, man. That's yep. where you went. That's where you had a birthday party. Yes, my first girl at a roller rink. You know what I mean? Oh, there you go. There you go. And also his last. I mean. Hey, uh, <laughs> what? That was funny. <laughs> he said, what? That was funny. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. We it's... all love the fond memories. Uh, it, I, I I love. I mean, the memories were super thick with that one. I love. Let's transition into the Netflix movie Tick Tick Boom. Looking first at the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter of eighty seven. That's pretty good. An audience score ninety six nine six. Fantastic. That's a fantastic score. Now let's look at some particulars, if we will, please. This one. This is a Netflix original about Jonathan Larson, the man who wrote Rent. Let's look at the let's look at the cast. Andrew Garfield plays Jonathan Larson. Alexandra Ship is Susan. Robin DeJesus, Michael. Vanessa Hudgens is Caressa Johnson. Joshua Henry is Roger. Bradley Whitford, MJ Rodriguez, Richard Kind, Judith Light, Black Thought, uh, Joanne Adler, Joel Gray all join them. Directed by Lynn Manuel Miranda. If anyone knows musicals, that man knows musicals. And I tell you what, it shows in this movie. The director really knows the source material, really loves and appreciates the source material, and that matters here. It has to matter here. So, Roger, why don't you tell us what Tick, Tick, Boom is about? So, Tick, Tick, Boom is the auto, excuse me, is based off the autobiographical musical that he wrote um, about himself titled Tick, Tick, Boom, um, which is actually funny the way they present this on the screen is you actually watch him perform the Tick, Tick, Boom musical while telling you the story about how he got to that point. It's, you have to, it, it's, that's a really shitty way for me to explain how it is. But if you watch this movie, you understand what I mean. Yeah. Um, you watch his life play out as you're watching Tick, Tick, Boom, like segmented. It actually works out pretty well. Yeah. Um, it flows pretty good that way. Um, story is about, like I said, John Larson, who ends up writing one of the most famous musicals of all time in Rent, right, yeah. and um, what he did leading up to that, basically. 
um, the story of, you know, his actual life, which is kind of nifty. So about how he worked at a diner and struggled to make ends meet and that sort of stuff. So that's the story of Tick, Tick, Boom. One thing here that has to be noted right up front is Lin-Manuel Miranda. I said it before, but man, every decision that the director makes in this movie is, I mean, okay, let's take a second look, look at the casting, not even the main cast. Every single person that is in this as an extra or as an audience member is a Broadway legend. Someone that's there's been a lot of famous people in this movie. Yeah, there's a ton of you know either either Broadway legends or people that were in Larson's things. I mean, it's it's heavy and thick. With this is absolutely a love letter to Jonathan Larson to you know some you know musical musical theater, and again it. To me, it just it showed every step of the way. I was enthralled by this movie as much as I've been enthralled by any movie this year, and it's that's saying something because I've I've really liked a lot. And I spoke very highly of, for instance, um, what was the movie uh, the Ridley Scott um, the Last Duel? Thought that movie was pretty good. This movie just does circles around the Last Duel, and you know Lin Manuel didn't say anything stupid, so always a plus there. yet. <laughs> true. Yeah, this is true. This, this movie true. came out like a month ago, though, so he's probably <laughs> back. Yeah, no, he's probably out of the say dumb shit okay, window. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so let's talk I also about. I think it for he's a smarter than that. So let's talk about this for a second as as a musical. Uh, Roger, okay. you, you 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 cut us into. I think the the sweet spot here is Larson, of course, wrote Rent. This he did. There's one of the, I think one of the musicals that's credited with like bringing musical, like bringing Broadway back from the- It revolutionized Broadway. It It changed the way things were done. Which is ironic because, I mean, there's so much in this movie that refers to Rent. For instance, the the answering machine I caught, him calling his friend Pookie. um, So so many things in this movie are in Rent, but I think that's, that's of course very intentional here. And Larson met failure after failure up to- Tick, tick, boom, and then rent, in which so when we were talking about the trailer, I I was misinformed. I said you know Larson died. Uh, I thought of a I, I was very wrong about that. He died of a, of a brain aneurysm. What of a heart aneurysm? Uh, brain aneurysm. A, a brain. brain aneurysm. Thirty five. The night before the His first public show of Rent, which which damn it, super fucked up. Yeah, yeah, but so I mean, this man is really something, and I don't. One thing I think that the director goes to great lengths, even after the even after the credits, you see a lot of Larson stuff. Is what I think the movie goes to great lengths to show you, and I really appreciate is Larson really was how he's advertised in this movie. I don't think there's any dramatization here. There's any added drama. I think Larson really was as portrayed by Garfield. I really do think he was that you know upbeat, eccentric, just a great dude. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying things that no one didn't already know, but I'm saying as far as actors portraying someone i think this is one of the more real portrayals or more accurate portrayals i think we've gotten in a very long time did you think about that roger or chris um, or that's just me you came came into that i mean i think he does well portraying the person he portrays but here's the thing i didn't know much about john larson before this i went through after watching this and read up on some stuff apparently he did a really good job of matching his mannerisms and how he was and the shots you see at the end of this movie where you see like his actual home videos you know, his mannerisms, uh, the way he speaks. Um, Andrew Garfield did really good work into making sure that he was as accurate as he could be. So I respect that. Yeah. And like, so as I was watching this, this is, this leads on from what you're saying, Grayson. Like, I, I wondered how much was, you know, what was the word, like dramatization, you know, made like, up. 
Well, there you go. I wonder how much of that was, you know, added in for flair, you know, to make it, you know, you know, go well on the screen. But at the same time, you know, he could have been, you know, exactly as portrayed. And either way, it I don't think it takes away or adds to like the value of the movie because the movie's good, right? Like, you know, Garfield's fantastic in this. He's great in this. So it's impressive on its own anyway. So if it if they even did embellish at all. It was in good taste, you know, because they didn't make this guy out to be a bad guy. Nope. They made him out to. They be don't make him out to be the greatest guy. He, he isn't, and and his friend does a good job of hammering that home hmm. in one of these scenes, which is one of my favorites. His scenes. friend and his girlfriend. Well, yeah, well his friend. Many of his friends are in New York hospitals, uh, suffering from you know AIDS, and it's very kind of a grim outlook for some of them. And even his best friend, who who does become AIDS, HIV positive. There's this really powerful song, extreme, maybe the most powerful song in the entire movie. Um, he, he he sings it about. I mean, I mean, all the songs in this movie have parallels in Rent, um, and I really appreciate being someone who loves Rent and listens to the soundtrack at least once a week, if not twice a week. Um, I, I kind of alternate between the movie and the actual Broadway sound um, soundtracks. I go back and forth. They vary quite 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 a bit. Um, is I really I really liked that. I really this. <laughs> What this movie does very well is it takes something that we all know, which is Rent. You, you, you may not have seen it, but you certainly know what it is. You know what it's about. And even if you've never seen Rent, you can absolutely pick out the references from this movie's giving you to link the Rent where he's getting the inspiration for it. And that's one thing I loved about this movie too is right like that. And that's so much of that is Jonathan Larson calling upon his own, you know, his own um, experiences. For example, when he when his power goes 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 out and he lights a candle, there's an entire song in Rent, "Light the Candle." You know, mm -hmm. it's just and his you know his um, Adam Pascal's who's the original what the original performer in Rent. You know, the the, the girl he loves is a dancer, and the girl that Larson loves is a dancer. I, I just love the parallels here, and then yeah, where he got it. Well, as, I mean, as as autobiographical as Tick Tick Boom is. Rent is very much the same thing. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, it, it doesn't seem surprising that, you know, like, Tick, Tick, Boom came out before Rent. Yes. Like, he made that before Rent. And it's about, and, like, he found the play that was, he took just his own experiences and went into it and made it into a play because mm -hmm. he thought it was interesting enough, which is a bold move on its own. Bold. And then, you know, it doesn't surprise me that Rent, which is based off of that, which, you know, has a lot of, like, you know, like, truth and connection behind it, became the next thing so this guy has a pattern of making musicals out of the experiences he's had that just seem like you know iconic experiences that you know i've had my power shut off you know what i mean yeah like you know we've all been there you know well, most of us probably so like you know i think he's taking those moments and putting those into that because they're extremely relatable and you know they can be powerful for that for that reason that's I mean, and we go a step further by by. And I know Lin Manuel Miranda. I was doing a little research. He saw Ren on his seventeenth birthday, which he credits with the musical that got him into musical theater. And that's that's. I mean, really, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Especially, <laughs> if, you see it, especially if you see it on Broadway, like where it's where you know where the where it originates, where it's you know supposedly the best, you know where it's where it should be seen is Broadway. And that's one thing. One thing I too. And if Lin Manuel, he's this has got to be the best thing he's he's, he's ever made. And yeah. we, you don't think so? He made Hamilton. Well, I mean, no, Hamilton. Hamilton, wonderful. which is widely known as now the greatest musical of all time. This is the best movie he's he, he's ever made. Lin Manuel Miranda movie. Um, Bold. Well, Bold. well, I mean, I would I wouldn't put Hamilton and, and Tick Tick Boom in the same category, but 
I mean, would would you put them in the same category? Well, one's a movie, one's Hamilton. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, great. All jokes aside, but we always I always I don't, I don't sorry. I legitimately don't understand what you're asking me with that question. I didn't mean to say that this is the best movie, Lynn. All the movies he's been who's yeah, yeah. associated with for sure. producing and making lately, you know, this is the one that stands is clearly a standout of the best. Wait, what was that weird one we watched where he was the monkey? The Vivo. The Vivo. You say this is better than Bevo? Bevo? <laughs> yeah, much better than Bevo. Bold. <laughs> All right, continue. Sorry. It's just, I always talk about the, the, you know, a director who understands the source material is a very effective director. And this is what we have here. Every story beat in this, when you have Garfield playing Larson, who is destroyed many different times in this, who is really kind of like self analyzing through the play, tick, tick, boom, he's telling the story through. It, it shows. And it's, it's one of those movies. I mean, you might get like two of these movies a year where you have all the elements that just come into place to make the right movie with the right director. It just doesn't happen very often. Sure. All the pieces of this puzzle fit in really, really well. It works. Yep. Especially because, listen, they, they do something in this movie, because as much as it is a musical, it is a movie, so you get hard cuts from one to one to one. The way that they blend the music in between the song they might be singing in the actual story, plus the song they're singing in Tick, Tick, Boom, or what is happening in Tick, Tick, Boom as is being portrayed in the story, it works really well. Um, the way that they weave the story. that story through and like, it's impressive, you know, and the range that Andrew Garfield has, I know he could do that. Yeah. Cause, cause he performs all the songs. He does the all the songs. Yes. So listen, he goes toe to toe singing a song with Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Okay. Think about high school musical as whatever you want. The Hudgens amount of effort that went into that stuff. Is incredible, and it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. She's still very, very, very talented, mm-hmm. and he goes toe to toe with her. Yeah, so that's something like all the other people, and it's like he does. He's not outclassed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't act like he's playing a singer. Yeah, he, he's he never feels out of place. That's right. You never look at him be like, "Well, he sucks." We watched something. <laughs> we watched something else that was kind of that way. Where the the uh, the movie about the the kid who the guy who was in high school playing a high you know like he was like an adult man oh ben, um um i was you know, all, all about it and the movie was not didn't turn out the way i wanted it to um yeah what yeah movie? what was the movie though what was that where he was i can't think of the movie name i can't even oh, oh, anyway, dear, like, dear dear evan hansen yes yeah. yeah he was out of place in that he yes. didn't feel like he belonged around True. everyone else that was around him he was yeah. just kind of there because he was the guy right oh, christ that was the last musical we watched one i think so yeah this movie destroys dear evan hansen <laughs> so like but like but spoiler he, for my score later <laughs> way better <laughs> he felt very out of place in that movie yes. Andrew Garfield, it, he it, does not he never feels out of place here he never, exactly right he never, you're like you know oh andrew garfield's in this in this musical movie no it's just it just feels like it belongs yeah it just goes very he just well. he does a good job here. flow is never a problem this movie pacing is never a problem no which is weird because this movie isn't overly long. It doesn't feel that way either because it actually, um, it actually goes. Yeah. Like there is no real slowdown. Mm-hmm. It's not a hard cut ninety either though. It's, it's no, it's it's, it's about like two hours. It's about like just was, yeah. it's just about two. Yeah, it, it doesn't really drag on either. No, but I mean it. It works. The whole story as you know, this it's weird. So I'll explain the story a little bit better. So the story is. He's running the musical Tick, Tick, Boom, and it's giving you the story, basically, of what led up to Tick, Tick, Boom, which is him failing repeatedly to get the musical, excuse me, the 
the production of Superbia, which is a terrible name, mm-hmm. um, into like a workshop to become an actual musical, uh, actual musical production. And it's funny because it takes him basically eight years to write this. And, you know, he had it in a workshop before and it got noticed by uh, Stephen Sondheim, which is a legendary Broadway guy. Um, he, he actually was there and he told him he liked his idea, yeah. which kept him going yep. for another two years <laughs> of him. Not What did he do for money besides working at a diner? How I much mean, he, things they couldn't show on television. Right. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, so let's cook it behind all of it. But and oh, how's that? I lost what I was going to say. Good. Continue. So he well, he shows himself like repeatedly failing to you know make his mark, and that's the whole story of Tick Tick Boom. You know when he brought when he put that play out by itself, and you know he shows his failures and shows his successes, and I mean he's talented as hell. He just can't get the pieces to fall into place. His agent sucks, right? Does she? I mean, well, listen. You don't give me anything new for eight years. Do I suck or do you suck? I mean, yeah, I guess. What am I supposed to do for you? Yeah. Did you finish it? No. I got nothing for you then. Didn't return any calls. She doesn't actually talk to him until like an hour and five minutes. What's the first thing she asked him, though? Did you write that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I get it. So people at home, I just looked at Chris White-Eyed going with my arms. I go, you didn't write the song. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Yeah. You don't have nothing new. You didn't write the song. Why are you calling me? But yeah, I mean, it becomes a running joke that he's been trying to write this song, which should be the apex, excuse me, the critical song of this, this production, the turning point. He's been trying to write it. He writes songs all the time. Like he even makes a joke. He wrote us a, wrote a full song about sugar the day before. (laughs) And he can't write this song. Like it just doesn't work for him. So, and the way that actually plays out where he ends up writing that song is actually really, really cool how they yeah. do it. I don't want to spoil that because that is one of the coolest scenes in this movie, I think. Um, you know, he's in a pool and yeah. all this fun stuff. And trust me, it works. Yeah. Um, so, I will ask you guys one thing because the way everything flows together, you get like big blown out musical production in like a couple of times here. It was kind of unexpected. Yeah. Think about the diner scene for a minute. The, the brunch scene yeah when he's basically telling all these people to fuck off it's just brunch you're gonna wait yeah um it turns into this big like wide open like the diner folds down and yeah. walks out on stage i thought that was cool yeah like yep. i didn't see that coming what'd you guys think about that no that was that was that was in my notes that's very creative yes is, is is a way to keep the pacing at that point with the rest of the musical pieces yeah that's and that's did you notice clever. the people that are singing with them all, all Broadway people. Yes. They're all Broadway. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, the the everyone in this movie is a Broadway person. Everyone in the audience. Everyone in the at, at the at the at the screening or at the the workshop. Everyone in the diner is always a Broadway person. He's always. trying to get that guy's name. He's like Richard Kaplan, <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, "How many in your party?" With a C. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got. How many in your party? It's Richard Kaplan. He's just like, ah, <laughs> dear God. Even so, the, yeah. even the three homeless people were played by the three of the original cast members of Rent. Nice, so, okay. yeah. Adam I did not know that actually. Yeah. Well, so like, I mean, you said it with you know how creative that scene was. I don't. I think this is because we've seen a few things by you know uh, what, what's his name, Lin Manuel Miranda. What was the frame? Mr. Right? Miranda. There we go. Yeah, Miranda. Um, I think that this is 
having him here is what gets that creativity. He understands how to make those moments in this movie mm-hmm. really happen for the people watching it that aren't sitting at a play watching this. Sure. Like, well, well, let's talk about one thing for a second. Play. Let's talk about one thing. One of the strongest things on Hamilton, besides, of course, the performance, is the set design. Yes, the stage work is incredible. Yeah. The stage, you know, the rotating stage that that you know, one one stage, one simple setup operates as like two or three different scenes, and of yep. course, that's what you have with the diner. That's what you're mm-hmm. talking about with the clever, with the dinosaur. It, it, it turns into something completely different. It, that's just the rotating stage on Hamilton, which is brilliant. And that's all Mr. Miranda who did it. So, I mean, that's, there's, there, there's, there's no question there as to how that got so brilliant. I mean, that is, that's him who did that. We, we also spent a lot of time in his shitty apartment. Yes. His apartment sucks so bad. <laughs> I do love the fact that like he has a song about his apartment, about how bad it is, mm-hmm. because listen, his apartment is bad, bad. Yep. Like, there's a shower. His bathtub and shower is in the kitchen. Like, <laughs> legitimately in the kitchen. The toilet is in a closet by itself. That's oh, right. So- that, yeah. That, I remember that song. That's that's actually very clever itself, too. They, they well, use so that's the, the thing. So they're wall. having this party, you know, and everybody's just drinking. And he just randomly makes up a song about his apartment. Still can't write a song from two years ago. Yep. <laughs> Well, here's, here, here's a question I want to ask you. We, we, we've already talked about we talk, Andrew Garfield, of course, knocked out the park. We decided Vanessa yes. Hudgens also all these performers are just stellar. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like this is something that I always like to movies that take place in New York. Mm-hmm. I always like to ask this question. Did it feel like sets to you? Besides like the diner in the apartment. No, I don't know, though. I, I don't know. That's a different I can't. I don't have a good way to answer that because I don't want to say yes or no because I never really thought about it. Because again, though, the movie movie spends a lot of time in his apartment, a lot. Yes. Um, and then the other things like the scenes with like the swimming pool and all that stuff—they all matter, but they never. I never thought about it as like, hey, is this a whole stage scene thing? I don't know. What did you think? I don't. I never got the vibe of sets. It looked authentic to me, which is you know that's that's the best mark of a set is it looks authentic. So I never got the vibe they were in a soundstage somewhere. I just, I got lost in the moment. And for instance, that, that song they sing in his apartment, you know, boom, 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 boom. That song is, it's, they use the space in a way that I didn't think that was going to happen. They use literally every inch of that place to complete effect. And that's just, that was one of the most impressive parts to me. And those musical numbers, especially like the one I referenced earlier, the powerful one after his friend, Michael is a real life. Yep. You know, and then that song is so powerful, but it cuts back and forth between, you know, of course, uh, Jonathan wondering how he's going to help his friend and, you know, Michael at work, just completely unable to think about work, staring out the window of, you know, he doesn't have much Contemplating time the rest of his life. Yeah. Legitimately. It's, it's such a powerful moment, really kind of heightened by wonderful set design and wonderful cutting back and forth between the two of them singing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just... It's just there's not one of our questions that we always ask in the show is what didn't you like? I can't, I was trying to come up with something. I don't think I cut. This is the first time that the show has started. I can't think of anything in this movie. I did not like, or I had an issue with not one. I may have had a minor issue, but only because like, maybe I just, it was one viewing and one, I just didn't see things properly, but I didn't, there wasn't one thing I didn't like about this movie, which is for me is a, is a pretty big deal. Cause (laughs) that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, what about you, Roger, Chris? Any, did you guys? What about didn't you like about this movie? I can't say that anything I didn't like really like, which which is a achievement I think on its own. I, this isn't my kind of movie. I don't like the musicals. I'm a, I'm a musical or musical movie guy. Not my thing. 
However, I had no problem with this movie. You know what I mean? Like, and it, well, that's it, a good thing. Yeah, that's a like, very yeah. good thing. So it, it flows well. It's you know the songs aren't <laughs> the music is terrible. great. It is, and you know the acting is fine. In it, you know, on the other side of you know instead of the musical side of it, the acting is is good here too. There's good. There's decent comedy, and it tells a good story. I just just not my style of movie, but I have no problem with it. The movie just flows. I love the way this movie flows. It, it's it just keeps going, and it's a great pace, which is I think where I have a lot of problem with some of like you know like movie musicals and stuff like that. Uh, In the Heights, I had that problem with me where that movie had some issues with the way it flowed and how long it felt and all these other things. Where this one just has telling an interesting story with interesting characters that's portrayed very well. I think. Well, the last couple of musical movies that we have seen. Dear Evan Hansen and In the Heights. Neither one of them overall, before seeing Tick, Tick, Toom, Tick, Tick, Boom, was very good. But seeing a movie that is very good really puts how bad those were in perspective. perspective yeah. Like, I'm not trying to pile on movies that none of us really liked. You know, I'm not, not really into that. But this movie, all the bad things that those movies have problems with, this movie doesn't have any of them. One, the subject matter is pretty good. Two, the performances are great. Um, like the performances in, in the Heights are okay. Yeah. Story's not very good. It just isn't. Um, however, you know, the, you know the joke of it's a, a you know a, a two-hour Diet Coke commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, I don't get any of that in this movie. Like this movie just works. Every piece fits, and the singing's good. You know the acting is good. All the people together, the story is good, and it's it's not a fun story overall. It's not all happiness. Like this dude fails repeatedly, even when he has his big you know moment of everything coming together, he still fails. Yeah. And the, like the one the, one of my favorite parts of this movie is when he's breaking up with his girlfriend, and she's just done with this bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, hey, you've been putting this off for months, you know. I guess well, sorry, weeks. You know, I need an answer. Just tell me yes or no. And he's like, I can't make that answer. Now he's like, I got to get through this workshop. And she looks him straight in the face and says, what about after the workshop? What if you don't get it? Yeah. He had never crossed his mind. Nope. It is 100% this workshop's going to go. Everything's going to be great. Life will be grand. And he falls flat on his face. Yep. And that's a great moment. Yeah, honestly, you know what else is earned in this film. You know what else is a great moment that also kind of stems from that is the moment when he calls Rosa after his workshop. Yep, and he's like, "Well, what do we do?" She's like, "You start writing the next one." Yeah, which he has the come to Jesus moment. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You put your pen to your paper and you keep going. Mm -hmm. You don't come back until you have something good. Yeah, that's it. Just the utter defeat on his face then. Is great though. It's it's just one of those. I really oh. took notice of that one. It was like ten years of his life, and he knows it at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was it? Eight years? It yeah. took him to write that. Yeah. And, so and, and it didn't. His in the entirety of his twenties. Yeah. Down the toilet, which is also funny because he's all working to try to get all this stuff done before his thirtieth yeah. birthday. Because you die spontaneously on your thirtieth birthday. <laughs> well, on your thirty fifth, he dies at thirty five. So you know, it's spoiler. It's, well, <laughs> I, um. That's a. It's interesting too. I thought about that when because I didn't know that that's when he passed away until they tell you that in the movie. Yeah, I didn't know that. So like, when they tell you that, it was, you had to think this guy had to have this internal clock that almost knew. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because he felt so 
motivated, I guess is the the wrong word for it, but the right, you know, descriptor, or like to get this done because his 30th birthday was coming. Like he has to get this done. He hasn't done anything by his 30s. He had to have an internal clock screaming at him for a reason. Yeah. So it's just, it's an interesting thing to think about. Sad that, you know, that's when he went, but he got two great things, you know, one amazingly huge accomplishment done before that happened to him. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting in that regard. I do have a question. What, Dear Evan Hansen, what, what did we watch that on? Was that, was that, that was a movie? That was a movie. That was theatrical. Theatrical. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. So it was in the Heights. So well, in the Heights is also and, on HBO, no, that Max. Was HBO Max. So this is Netflix now. Yes. So we've had theatrical, HBO Max, slash theatrical, and a Netflix one. And the best one we've seen has been on Netflix. Yes. Not even close. This is also, I'd be willing to say, one of the best Netflix movies we've seen recently. Ever? Okay. Well, cause, cause, like, no, you're, you're probably you're right. right. Look, the I don't know. One. I mean, we've we've seen some damn good Netflix movies. But there have been some damn good ones, but again, like the ones we always think about, like Extraction and a few others. This is this is a good movie. You yes. know what I mean? And it's coming from Netflix. Also, does 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 this does this have a theatrical release? A minor one. It had a minor one for, Oscar, one for stuff? Oscar stuff. Yes. Okay. So here we go. It right? made ninety thousand dollars. Right. Well, <laughs> here we go though. But so here we go. Now we have. This has, it does qualify for awards. This yes, has, this has a word you know chance now, and compared to the other ones that we that we've seen, movie musical wise, this is the best one we've seen, and it's a damn good movie. Right? Best one of the year. I mean, if you had to rank up for the the couple I can remember off the top of my head, yes, yeah, this is definitely the uh, the higher one up. It's just, it's just an interesting thing to think about that we're talking so highly of this movie, and it's a Netflix film. So here we go. Like you know, now this is where this now opens that door up. What happens when this thing doesn't get, get awards or snubbed because it's, it's just on Netflix? Or, well, the, or the converse, when Ridley Scott's pissed because a Netflix movie gets all this praise, you know? Or James Cameron, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's just politics you really can't do anything about. That's going to happen regardless. I mean, that's oh, yeah, yeah. fly-on-the-wall type conversations that we're never going to be privy to. Well, yeah, but this, just, this is, I think, speaking to more and more legitimacy to the streaming platforms that are really trying to put out, you know, these high-quality pieces as well. It's like the... Yeah. The library. Well, okay. That they have. Well, let, let me ask you one question. For some sense, we're just praising Tick Tick, but let me ask you one question. Another musical that we've we generally favored on this show, favored I mean, spoke great things of was Greatest Showman. Sure. Much like Greatest Showman, Tick Tick Boom has a very charismatic leading man who is very it's strong. A good movie. I mean, very strong in that role. It's good. Who does it better, Hugh or Andrew Garfield? So that's an unfair comparison. That's almost unfair, right? Well, here's the thing. Andrew Garfield's going to get legitimate award buzz for this. Mm-hmm. Legitimate. Yeah. Hugh didn't. It's true. It's true. And that was back but when he, everything was still normal, too, before yep. pandemic, before everything. Yeah. But he was he was also at a different point in his career than Andrew. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. I don't think he, like, because he went and did his whole one-man show thing for a long time. Everybody before. already knew he could sing. Yeah. True. <laughs> That's true, yes. Yeah, this is kind of. No like, one was surprised when he killed it. It's true. Yeah. That's a good and point, I, though. I don't think I considered that. And while 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 he was the leading man in that, he wasn't the only man in that. You know what I mean? Sure. Where this is Andrew, Andrew and um the girl, like they're they're the two big names in this. Everyone else is Broadway people, stage show guys, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a little bit of a different situation comparatively because you had Zac Efron and uh, Greatest Showman, too. sure. So two huge names, really. Who you also knew could, could sing. sing exactly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's interesting to think about, though. You know what I mean? Where 
I hope this does. I hope this does well. I hope. I hope. I hope Andrew does get something for this because it is a really good performance. He's going to get nominated, I bet. Yeah. And sometimes that's the only thing that you know you can expect to get out of that. True. You can't expect to win Oscars. Yeah. So, but I mean, listen, it's this movie is very good, mm-hmm. and that's important. I mean, I, I think about it in, in reference to somebody like you, Chris, who you've never been shied away from saying, "Hey, this isn't my type of movie." Yeah. Even for somebody who this is not your type of movie. You enjoyed it. You you understand that it's good. Yes, that's a big enough deal, a big enough selling point for most people. Hey, listen, you don't like musicals? That's okay. You'll still probably like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's a big deal because listen, musicals, especially musical movies, aren't for everybody. Going to a musical is a whole different experience. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to be in the musicals to enjoy the production. To watch a movie, that's a musical. Either all in or all out, (laughs) you know, and this is one, if you're on the fence, Hey, yeah, this one will work for you. Yep. Just take your time and watch it. It's a good story or it's very entertaining. If you're a lady trying to get your mans to watch a, you know, watch a musical to ease them into something. This this is a good one. This is a good one for that. Right. Sure. Just tell them Spider-Man's in it. (laughs) Spider-Man. A (laughs) Spider-Man. One of the spider people. Did you like the, uh, the Bradley Whitford? Yes. Eric drinks his own pee. What? No. Yeah, Eric <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty. I mean, it didn't look like Bradley Whitford. I had to wait till the credits to be like, I was like, Where is, who is Bradley Whitford? And then I had to like think back, oh, it was Sondheim. That makes Sondheim's recently passed. Not that that, that, that would have been packed with this movie because this movie was filmed last year. No, he really looks like Sondheim, though, if you ever yeah, look at really a picture does. of him. So, so I, I have one more question to pose. And sure. It's, yeah, I guess it, it's related to all, the whole awards thing again. Does is it? Does this movie do better if it comes out next year? No. One more year. No. Oh, hold on. What 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 would impact that? Like what would what would be different? I think after this year, we're gonna have it's gonna open the door to make the Oscar stuff for like streaming services way more legitimized. Yeah, it's already open. You think you think it's as open as it's gonna I, get? I, or it, it'll it'll be never better? be more open than when they won Best Picture. Yeah. I mean. Okay. You can't hold that against them anymore. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna say that they can have the best picture, mm-hmm. you can't be like, "Well, it's Netflix. I can't do shit." Yeah. Well, you gave them the biggest award you got. That was Parasite, right? Like, no. That. Well, no, no. Um, well, well, two years Roma. ago, Roma. That was like Roma. 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 That's right. Yeah. Two thousand eighteen ish, something like that. Roma. That, yeah. was, that was a big deal because that was before, again, before pandemic, before streaming had blown up. That was when James Cameron said, said the stupid stuff. That was, that was, they busted. Now it's just like, hey, we got to embrace streaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think they're going to. I still don't mean. I, I so there'll be people that'll going. never change. We get that. Listen, yeah. I, I have talked at nauseam about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm just, I'm thinking next, you know, like one more year, it'll be more, you know, like people like, will accept it more, that kind of thing. I don't think that matters anymore. No? Okay. Especially with the, the way things are. Because listen, no matter whatever happens on the backside of this pandemic, they have clearly stated that our movie choose how we watch movies will be different from now on. Yeah. Even when you can go to the theater, people still don't. Yep. So, you know, even if it's a, Hey, this movie's coming out three weeks after this theatrical release for you to at least buy it on DVD or, you know, you know, buy it digitally. Yeah. You know, like that things are different now. <laughs> well, that doesn't so. happen for Netflix though. You, you can't buy any Netflix movie except for it's like, no, weird, it's a weird but I can movie. turn on Netflix and watch it for free. Well, right. Yeah. Of course. But I'm saying, I mean, I actually I texted you guys a I texted you guys a picture of I went to a DVD well I went to a store here an independent chain that had 
they had an entire section of Netflix movies on DVD that you, that you could buy. I don't know how that happened, but I mean, I asked the people. Four. I asked the, I asked the owner. He's, he's, he's like, um, I, they're available for nine ninety nine. If you want to purchase it, I don't want to tell you how I got it, but they're available for purchase. <laughs> Remember, I texted that picture, Ron. Never shame me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. I don't do this for profit. I do it for love of cinema. But where so where does that me. leave us then? Let me let me ask you that. Where does that leave us with I mean theatrical versus the streaming as far as a movie like this is concerned? Where does that leave us? And streaming is fine. Yeah. I mean I, I've never had a problem with stream with streaming movies, you know, being in the run for anything. They're movies. Movies are movies are movies are movies to me. Well this this so. doesn't change. If this was a theatrical release, this nothing I mean, this is the same exact print we're gonna get in a theatrical rather than Netflix, right? Yes. Nothing yeah. changes yeah. here. Which can't I watch this guy in 4K, you know? Yeah. Which, believe me, I just, oh man, I told you guys, but I talked to someone who worked on Red Notice Boy. He's like, everything he told me, I was so like, what? They really did that? Well, I'm going to try to get him on the show to talk about it. He's very good to talk about his experience on Red, on Red Notice. Just flabbergasted. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was in set deck and he has a lot to say about Red Notice, about Netflix as a, as a company and, and Red Red Notice. And I'm, I'm very eager to hear what he has to say. Um, but no, this is, this is as, this is as fine a movie as we've seen this year. It's just a matter of which one's going to come out on top. I mean, this one will definitely be nominated for things. Sure. Whether it wins again, like Chris, you hit the nail on the head. It are the James Cameron's, the Ridley Scott's, the Christopher Nolan's, how much power do they still really have when it comes to the Oscars or, or better yet, the people that in the Oscars making these calls, are they still swayed by those, you know, by the, by the big wigs that still are on the same hill I'm on. (laughs) <laughs> or or has power shifted? Because that'll be interesting to know. Because Tick Tick Boom is as is as every bit as deserving as nominations as anything else we've seen this year. One hundred percent. Does James Cameron still make movies? <laughs> I mean, that's a legitimate question. That is. <laughs> I mean, you guys know I love James Cameron, and that's. I mean, he hasn't put anything out since two thousand and nine. I thought he would have freaked out about that question. He's no. just taking it in stride. Well, I mean, he, 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 he accepts the reality of the situation. I, look, I accept that he's. He's wasting the rest of his natural life on second-rate Avatar. I get that, but and, oh, you, James Cameron, if you want to come on, come on the show and defend yourself. <laughs> I mean, there's Coward. no bigger James Ford supporter. There's no bigger James Cameron supporter than me, especially. I mean, I just, but he's just what he's doing. I think is no one cares about Avatar anymore. Just no one cares. But that's whole. I bet you care. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. <laughs> All right, let's let's move to score tick tick boom. Then we 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 given enough praise to it. Yeah, All right. uh, I want to go first. last if if I can do that. Yeah. Gentlemen. I want to. No, go I'm going to score it first because I'm, I'm definitely going to be the lowest number out of the rest of three. All right, and it, again, I'll lead with it's just not my kind of movie, so it's hard for me to get like really in into and really invested in this kind of thing. Um, however, that all being said, like Roger pointed out when I was talking about it, was um, this isn't my kind of movie, and I, I, there's nothing wrong with this thing. You know, I enjoyed watching it. It flowed well. I can see why this is a good movie. I understand why the Andrew Garfield is fantastic in this movie, and he, and his supporting cast is great too. I think his friend is like the sleeper of this. Yes, because I think he, Michael, if, if Andrew Garfield isn't here, that guy is absolutely like the star of this at that point. He's he's great. You know, his uh, his girlfriend's great. Everyone in this movie does a good job, and the songs are fine. It flows really well. I appreciate it. To me, this movie is a seven. I can watch this movie. I can recommend this movie. You know, I'm not mad that I watched it. Would you Would you watch this movie again? If 
So my wife didn't get to see this. Okay. And, and this is the one she wanted to see. So watch. that's a yes. We watched 8-Bit Christmas. And, okay. You know, to her detriment. <laughs> that's what we chose that night. And um, if she wanted to watch this, I'd watch it again. Okay. 100%. I mean, that's that's good. Yeah, I'd watch it again. And that's good. So Grace wants to go last, so I guess it's up to me. So I think this movie's about an eight and a half. Okay. Uh, this is one of the best movies we've watched in a while. Um, this is definitely the best musical movie we've watched this year, for in sure. Minute, at least. Um, you know, it, it does everything right and very, very little wrong, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Everything works. Um, he sings great. You know, he does a great <laughs> job of – he doesn't feel out of place, which, damn, that's important to say. Yeah. It just is, <laughs> you know, he looks like he might be turning 30 instead of the dear of enhanced guy who is 30, <laughs> you know, <laughs> was he? No, nothing. Nope. Um, oh, sorry. fine. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I think eight and a half, this is like I said, one of the better movies we've watched this year. Um, overall, not only just the best musical, um, I won't be surprised if this pulls serious buzz, um, especially for Andrew Garfield. I don't know about the whole story overall. I don't know if it's strong enough for that, but listen, if he doesn't at least get a nod for best musical or comedy, you know, actor, that's a travesty. Yeah. Honestly. Um, so yeah, eight and a half. All right. I'm going to go next. I, this movie to me is a nine and a half. Whoa. <laughs> this is, Whoa. Uh, Near perfect. This is Dear as good a movie God. as I've seen this year as strong. Oh man. I got to pull out the list of what he's rated lower than this oh, now. God, yeah. <laughs> I, hold on, hold on. So this is, this is as strong a movie I think we've seen this year. And I think mostly because Andrew Garfield, this is, I mean, this is one of his performances. It's, he's people are going to talk about this for a while. And the majority of the movie does hinge on him. He's in. This is the best movie. thing he's ever done, right? I would imagine. Garfield? I, I would imagine that's the thing I've seen. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Grant. I didn't mean to cut you off, Grayson. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. I mean, the, but I would imagine, and I speak very highly of him in Hacksaw Ridge. I think that's also one sure. of his best performances. He got nominated for that, didn't he? Yeah, he he he, he did. He did. Tick Tick Boom is quite simply put one of the best movie experiences you'll have this year. If if you're open to it, if you, you know, the caveat here is you have to watch it because in, it's, it's a musical. And I, I understand guys like Chris or people like Chris, musicals aren't your thing. And I, and I totally understand that there are some movies that aren't my thing. Uh, but this is one of those movies that I think it's strong enough that even Chris said, even though musicals aren't his thing, he still didn't find a lot wrong with it. And that's high praise, man. That's gotta be high praise. But for me, this is as good a movie as we've seen this year. Um, I, I really hope Andrew Garfield gets praises for this. And if he doesn't, I'm going to go a step further and say it's not only is it a travesty, but that's proof that there's the fix is kind of still in for for streaming services. If if Andrew Garfield's name isn't tossed around everywhere when it comes to nomination time, then the fix is definitely still in because he definitely deserves it. Hundred percent. I think that, I think that's the point I was trying to make with the whole you know next year might have been better thing. You know, because because if he doesn't get tossed around, it, it's absolutely just because it's on Netflix. There's no other reason. Yeah, you're right. Which I mean, I wonder how this would do box office wise if it's theatrical. I I don't ninety thousand. It would have <laughs> done better than uh, probably done better than in the Heights. But the thing is, is like, I mean, did it? Wait, didn't Dear Evan Hansen make like twelve American dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna go look. Dear <laughs> Evan Hansen didn't didn't do well. I, that much I know. Your ticket alone is all in me. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if Tick Tick Boom has more views than West Side Story. I wonder. Darren Hanson only brought in eighteen million. Oh, 
That's low. And then Dear Evan Hansen wasn't cheap to make either. I remember we had that conversation on the show. Well, let's go find out about how much it cost. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen right. budget wasn't it wasn't as cheap as I thought it was gonna be. But let's so let's talk about this compared to going into West Side Story. What are the chances? Twenty-seven million to okay. make that. That's so they took a nine million dollar hit right off the bat, and it would have been at least a ten million dollar advertising budget. So, I mean, that's nineteen million dollar loss right off the top, gone. So that's pretty. I mean, that's not like last duel losses, but percentage wise, it's still pretty egregious. So, I mean, what are the chances we think West Side Story is going to be as good as Tick Tick Boom? Not having seen West Side Story yet. Zero uh, percent. I would imagine probably, I mean, even Spielberg at the, at the helm, you know, a good cast, Ansel Angord, timeless story. I just don't see it being Tick, Tick, Boom. But again, Listen, I haven't seen it. So I, I, I will, judgment. If it is better than Tick, Tick, Boom, that will be a goddamn revelation. Because I just gave this movie an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just gave it a goddamn, basically a 10. <laughs> like, how can it be better? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I have a whole bunch of ideas about how it's going to be worse. I don't. I mean, I don't think Ansel Angord is anywhere near as strong as, as Andrew Garfield, but he's still a very good young young actor for sure. But we'll find out next week when we do watch. I mean, again, remember we're one week behind. Everybody. Tune in next week. Tune in next week on Dragon Ball. Sorry, <laughs> that's a cool reference though. It's... Okay, we've talked enough about some movies this week. This has been episode two hundred and fifty six of Four Two hundred fifty six, right? Yeah, Four Love of Cinema. Hey, I mean, sure, I, sure. I didn't, I didn't change it below, and I just read it like a script. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, of the podcast service of your choice of the following five. iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment on two rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. But more importantly, and as always, thank you very much for listening. We love your patronage, and thank you. Please check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Ball. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Always posting things there. Check us out on YouTube. We're still getting tons of views on our videos there. And send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to check out the Spielberg, the Spielberg big movie, West Side Story, and National Champions. So Respect also came out this year. Forgot about that. You that was one that you watched. I didn't get a chance to watch. You're, you're, you're right. I didn't that. entirely enjoy that movie, but Jennifer Hudson does a really good job. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Hmm. Indeed, we will next week. Mm-hmm.